0: That my wife is taking kids out, so if you are a kid or want to be a kid or don't want to be stuck with me, you can go to the back. I probably would prefer to go out that way too. So, um, but hey, I I do want to thank you for allowing us to be here and just be a part of you um, this weekend. I'm born. Thanks for that encouragement to you because what I got from Chris this morning, he looked over at my side as he introduced the church and said. This side's a little heavy over here. So that's all I got from Chris. I was really encouraged that you were encouraging me about football, real football, not just this weird football they use with their hands. So um, it is a privilege, it is really a privilege to be here. And we live in a beautiful part of Germany, as you saw, a lot of our pictures there. Um, But we love when people come visit us in Germany because they remind us of how Beautiful it is, because sometimes when you're there, you kind of forget those things. Um, I'm an outsider coming into your church, but can I just say a couple things to you that I want to remind you about this church? Um, We've only been here a couple days, and this is what we have seen. We've seen a church that, um, from, from my perspective, this is all from my perspective, a church that loves each other, that enjoys each other and can I remind you about that that you are seemingly a church that that just enjoys each other Um, we've seen my wife and I have seen a church that's committed to prayer and that's a that's a huge thing Um, we've seen a church that has a desire for missions and to pray for missionaries and that's encouraging to us Um, those are some of the things that we've seen we've seen a church that loves its pastor and Um, It's easy sometimes to forget those things when you're here. It's easy to maybe think of the things that you aren't or that you want to be. Um, Maybe you would wish that you were a bigger church or that you had these programs or these things. But can I just start by reminding you what you do have? Because... there's some special things that that this church has, and I want to encourage you in that. Um, you have been such an encouragement to us, but can I just be an encouragement to you in those things? And then, as you move forward, there's things you've got to move into as a church, and, you, and that's what you can work on together and move towards those things. But um, I just needed you to hear those things from me, an outsider coming into your church, that... Um, there's some good things happening here and i want to encourage you in that and challenge you to continue in what god has already been doing in your lives here so thank you for the way you've embraced us again we are outsiders you don't know us hardly from anyone else Um, you didn't really have a choice in who was coming to speak to you maybe one of you or two of you did but the rest of you didn't really have that choice but it's just a privilege for us to come we have been serving in germany for 21 years um we our home for a year they call it home assignment or furlough and so we are spending this year going around and speaking in churches and sharing about what God is doing in the Christian Missionary Alliance and around the world and um, we want to encourage you that way 21 years ago I was serving as a youth pastor in Wisconsin so one of those pictures I had a Packer hat I'm still a little bit of a Packer fan um, in my heart is that way, but I lived in Wisconsin and I was serving at this church. It was the first church I, my wife and I graduated from college, and we went to this church and started ministering there. And I had been there 11 years. I had been serving there, uh, loved the church. It was a great church, Plymouth, Wisconsin, just kind of near Sheboygan area, a little rural area, but uh, a great ministry. I served that entire time except for the last year. Um, with the same senior pastor, and we had a great relationship. In fact, my senior pastor was the missionary that was here last year. Uh, John Kitchen was my senior pastor that I served with in Wisconsin. And we had a good relationship. We worked well together, and um, just things were going well there. And then out of the blue, we received a phone call from the Christian Missionary Alliance asking if we would consider going to Germany to serve as dorm parents at a high school boy's dorm at this international Christian school, boarding school called Black Forest Academy. Um, I could give you a list. I feel like it was a mile long of reasons why we shouldn't go do this. One of the reasons um, on my list would have been the fact that John Kitchen, who we worked with, the year before this had just left the church and moved to Stowe. Um, He moved and was the senior pastor at Stowe, I think, and Chris, I think, worked with him. There but he had just moved and he had been at the church 15 years before he moved and so this church That had had two pastoral staff working a, a good season together which was really uncommon in that day for a youth pastor to be there that long and for a senior pastor to be at a church that long um, Had this consistency in a year's time was going from two pastoral staff to if I followed after what I thought God was saying um, to no pastoral staff. I remember sitting down with the elder at the church, and um, saying, uh, "Mark, I think God's calling us to this." And I remember that look on his face, like, "Are you kidding me? Like, we'll have nobody." And and yet, 100% support from the church, saying, "If God's calling you to this, this is what you need to do." But I remember thinking that was on my list. Like, this is just not good timing for the church. We had two small children, six years old, five years old, and God was asking us to move to Germany into a high school boys' dorm. 32 high school boys we would have had in this dorm um, that we would have been dorm parents for. And um, it's like, God, this is not, not good timing. I'd never been, I'd been to Germany two days of my life, and it was just in transit. And we happened to land in Frankfurt. And we had a day, and so I think we drove, we got a rental car and drove to Heidelberg and walked around Heidelberg and then went back to the airport. That's the extent of my knowledge of Germany. And I had never been to this school before. I would never been to this place God was calling us to. Um, And yet God, we just felt God was calling us there. And so I could give you reason after reason why this wasn't a a very good idea. And yet we felt God was saying to do this. The theme for the Christian Missionary Alliance um, throughout the United States this year, throughout missions this year, the missions theme is, is called Now to the Hard Places. It's on, what's on the front of your um, bulletin that you got. But this idea of Now to the Hard Places. And I love that the Christian Missionary Alliance has this passion to take the gospel message to places Hard places they would identify are places without gospel access. Places that, that don't have an opportunity to hear about Jesus. They might define a hard place as places that are, have a lot of political or um, other, abs, um, ops, other ways of unrest there. Like, if I share my faith, I actually could be thrown in prison. If I meet in church... Um, it actually could have some detriment to my to my life, and those are hard places. Places that have spiritual oppression, where Christianity is, is so m- minuscule on the level of religion or belief in a country. Um, Praise places that have lack of provision, third world countries or hard places. Those those are places that. There's a commitment to go to and to take this gospel message to. But as I think about personally, when I think about this concept of what is a hard place, um, I think, well, what does that mean for me? I mean, you saw some of our pictures. Germany isn't necessarily a hard place in terms of beauty (laughs) and the area that we live in. But for me, Um, A hard place that God calls us to is actually any place that takes me out of my comfort zone. Um, Any place that God is asking me to go that shakes up my world a little bit. It's a little bit uncomfortable. There's a Christian singer back in the 90s that had a song called Living Dangerously in the Hand of God, Steve Camp. And um, in that song were these words, There's safety and complacency, but God is calling us out of our comfort zone into a life of complete surrender to the cross. There's safety and complacency. And I want to tell you that I think that we spend a lot of our time working to make ourselves as comfortable as possible. I think we put a lot of effort into trying to find comfort in life but I also think that there's times in our lives where God calls us out of that comfort. God calls us away from things that are just always easy. And maybe there's times that God asks us to shake up our world a little bit. Um, And that's just what I want us to think a little bit about this morning. Um, I'd love to have you think of just a couple questions in your own mind. Um. The first question would be this. What is something I feel God is calling me to? What's something I feel God is calling me to? Now, I think that that could be a huge life-altering thing. Um, My prayer is that even out of this congregation, God would call up some of you to make a life-altering change. In your life maybe, maybe that's a geographical change where where God's calling you to a different place a lot of times when we talk about missions we see that as cross cultural um, but it's a geographical change maybe God's calling you to I pray God is calling some of you to be willing to make that type of of commitment to him today. Um, maybe it's a, a vocational change to change your what you are doing in life vocationally or even the trajectory. Um, maybe some of you aren't necessarily in a vocation yet, but you have this trajectory and God is saying, I want you to change that trajectory. I'm struggling with words this morning. To this direction. And, and that would be my prayer. But I want to be clear. I think this idea of God calling us, um, being willing to do what God's calling us to do is also daily god calls us daily to shake up our worlds a little bit Um, to do things that are outside of our comfort zones i think that he does that daily and um, i would want you to ask that question god what do you want me to you know what is something i feel god's calling me to do maybe it's even this week here in this area what is something i feel god's calling me to are you willing to ask that question or wrestle with that question in your own mind what's something i feel god's calling me to do and then the other question i have for you is this what are you willing to do about it so if god is maybe wrestling in your mind this morning with with something that maybe is even going to shake up your world a little bit um, what are you willing to do with that when god puts that heart desire in you when god Ask you for a certain direction. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to look at Joshua just really quickly this morning. It's not going to be an in-depth study, but um, because I think that while we don't see these questions exactly here, we do see God challenging Joshua towards something and Joshua's response towards that. So Joshua chapter 1, and while you're turning there, um, just so you know, we're... When we come to Joshua chapter 1, the people of God are standing on the, um, at the Jordan River looking over into this promised land that was promised them. And God is saying to Joshua, go in and take possession of that land. And the people are on this side looking at the promised land that God has promised to them and that's where we are in this passage. If you know the history of this, the people of God had been there 40 years earlier with Moses. Moses. They'd been almost in the same place. 40 years earlier, God had said, if you want to read it in Deuteronomy chapter 1, but God had said to Moses, go in and take possession of the land. Moses and the people kind of looked in, and the people were scary, they were big and tall, and they were afraid of what lay ahead of them, and so they didn't want to go in and take possession of the land like God was promising and asking them to do 40 years earlier and so for 40 years they continue to walk around in the wilderness and now we're back at this point and we're going to see as we read here that jo- Moses dies and Joshua has taken over the leadership and they're at that same point go in and take possession of the land and just as a little point of reference 40 years ago part of go part of being scared of what they saw is that they had sent 12 spies in to spy out the land. Ten were bad and two were good and there's a song about it, but um, they had sent 12 spies in and 10 came back and said, we can't do this. And two came back and said, no, we can. One was Joshua, the other was Caleb. And so now Joshua, 40 years later, we're back at this point. Joshua chapter one, and let's just read a couple verses in here. Joshua 1, 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I am giving them to the people of Israel. I'm going to stop there. We're going to continue on, keep your place there. But so God says to Joshua, arise, go. Go and take possession of this land. This is what I promised you. Arise, it's time now to go. This is kind of the moment, we don't see Joshua say, God, what do you have for me today? But as Joshua has stepped into this mantle of leadership, this is the call that God puts on Joshua's life. Arise, go, and take possession of this land. And so as we ask God, what is something I think that God might have for me? That would be our moment where God is saying maybe to you, arise and go. Um, arise and go cross-culturally to a, to a different country that you've never been to. Arise, go to a different job or ministry or whatever that is, but also arise, go to your neighbor. Um, arise, go, help this person financially um, arise, go, and spend time with your kids even though it's been a long, a long, busy uh, week. Arise, go, and interact with your spouse in a way that you haven't been interacting with. Arise, go, and do these things that are, are shaking up your world a little bit but I think that there are ways that God calls us to arise and to go and do those things. And we have to be willing to step into those things like Joshua was. Now, I think it's beautiful because as God calls Joshua, he reminds him of his promises. So thanks, Pastor Chris, for singing that song. Um, it was actually my suggestion because it, in some ways it's a reminder of what we're about to see. But as God calls Joshua to arise and to go. He says, he gives Joshua these promises to hold on to. So in verse three, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you. Verse five, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will never leave you, or forsake you we sang in this new song this morning never once did i ever walk alone Um, that's the reality that's truth that as we go and do the things that god is calling us to do we don't walk alone we walk in his power we walk in in victory in what god has given us we don't walk alone he says in verse six Challenges Joshua be strong and courageous verse 7 only be strong and very courageous verse 9 be strong and courageous And then he finishes verse 9 with this for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go So I love that fact that as God called Joshua. He reminds him that he walks with him So what, what maybe is God asking you to step out and do this week do with your life at this point? Um, I want to remind you whatever that is that he promises his presence with you. He promises to walk with you. It's actually his power that we we step forward into. We sang that was in one of the songs that we sang this morning that it's the power of God at work in us and and I want to remind us of that. I told you 21 years ago we went to Germany but all through that time, there were a lot of different opportunities that came up for my wife and I or to be involved in or to invest ourselves in. And I want to tell you, there were times where I was like, there's no way. Um, there There's times that I failed to do the things that God was calling us to do, but daily God was asking us, even as missionaries in Germany, God was asking us to invest in ways, in different ways. One of the ways I remember an opportunity came up, um, the boys volleyball team didn't have a coach, or the coach was done and was leaving, and um, they needed a coach, and nobody was stepping in to coach volleyball. And, um, and they were going to have to shut the team down. And so I remember someone came to me and said, Sam, would you ever consider coaching volleyball? And I know it seems obvious that I would be a volleyball coach, volleyball player with, with who I am, but um, I remember thinking, what? Volleyball? I had actually played volleyball in high school. Um, but I had never coached volleyball. I, man, I didn't understand, like, w- when you get into good volleyball, the rotations that need to happen and, and the, different, the different formations and, and ways that you defend and then as you attack. And I, I was like, no way. There's just, I, I can't do this. And then uh, I remember thinking volleyball at, at our school is every day after school is practice. Every day, practice after school. And then our competitions are all on the weekends. And it's, it's a pretty full weekend of competitions because of the way that we do our sports programs. And I thought, I just don't have time. I don't have the time and energy to invest in volleyball. Um, but I was feeling like God was saying, hey, here's an opportunity to, to really invest in some guys' lives. I had been coaching um, soccer. I'd coach girls' soccer, um, but I had never coached this volleyball, and so I really felt God was saying, this is for you, and so I agreed to do it, and I want to tell you, um, it was life-giving for me. That ended up being so life-giving um, when I said yes to what God was w- wanting me to do. A different opportunity came up. Uh, we met. We happened to in a chance meeting we we're meeting with some missionaries that were from jordan and um, we were talking with the, this missionary couple and they were telling us about it was when the syrian war was going on and refugees were pouring across the border from syria into jordan and they were telling us about this refugee camp in muffrock right across the border of of syria and um we started to brainstorm ways to take some BFA students, some of our school students, over to Jordan and to serve over there on like a mission trip. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, first of all, high school students into the Middle East, is that wise? Is that smart? Um, Cost-wise, you know, these are missionary kids that are already, um, a lot of them, they're raising support to even be where they are and now they would need to, raise more money and it was going to be costly for us as the leaders to go and i just remember thinking of all these reasons why we shouldn't do it but we made a decision that we are going to send um, some teams and we actually sent teams into jordan in amman and then we would drive up to Mafraq to these refugee camps and we actually were able to go into the homes of syrian refugees and sit down and and through a translator be able to communicate and talk with them and again it ended up being a life-giving thing but I I could have listed reasons why this this wouldn't be a great opportunity. (laughs) Um, I think there's so many times when we're presented with the uncomfortable, we quickly make a list of reasons why we shouldn't do the thing that God is calling us to do. And yet, there are times that God calls us to do those things. What is God calling you to do? Huge or even... Daily minor things. And I want to be careful. Daily minor things are huge, are (laughs) life-changing. I don't want to minimize those things, but sometimes they're just a daily way that we can invest in people around us. God calls us to those things. Arise, go. Verse 10, we see Joshua's response. My translation, it says, and Joshua commanded the officers of the people, you might have... Then Joshua got the officers or the people ready. So, is another translation would be there. Um, they're all words that show us that Joshua heard from God, arise and go, and then Joshua does it. Joshua does it. He gets the people. He says, get your stuff ready. We're headed into this promised land. I don't, I don't want to minimize this. This was not an easy thing that God, that God was asking Joshua to do. Remember, 40 years ago, the same command or ask of, of Moses and the people. Get ready, go into the promised land because I've given you that land. And the people said, no, it's, it's too scary, it's too hard. It, we, we're not ready for that. And now Joshua is back in that same situation and the people were still there and they were still as tall as they were back 40 years ago. They were still as scary The the situation was pretty much the same, except Joshua had confidence in what God was going to do, that God was walking with them into this. And so Joshua says, get up, let's go. If you just jump a couple chapters later, chapter 3, verse 5. We're just two days after this moment. Um, Joshua's getting ready. Now we're the day before they're about to go. So the day before they're headed into the promised land. Joshua told, in verse 5, chapter 3, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among us. I love that verse. Joshua's confidence wasn't just that God would walk with him. Joshua's confidence was that God was about to do some incredibly amazing things. And I want to tell you that when God calls us towards something and we follow after that, I believe that we, if we have eyes to see, can see God do amazing things. Um, I also believe that I have missed a lot of the amazing things God wants to do in and through me because I've made my list of reasons why I shouldn't do what God wants me to do and I followed through on that list and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, And I believe that in those moments I miss the amazing things that God has for me. God wants to do amazing things in and through you, in and through this church, in and through you individually. And if we're willing to step into what God has for us, man, you're going to see God do some amazing things. Think about the people. The first thing that they encounter, they they cross the Jordan River. The first thing, Well, the first thing that they encounter is the Jordan River, and God splits it. Um, God stops the Jordan River so that they walk across on dry, dry ground like they did over 40 years ago when they left Egypt but but that's the first thing but then the first thing they encounter in battle um, they defeat an entire city that a city that they were very scared of looking over 40 years ago by walking around it and blowing some trumpets and the walls come tumbling down Um, it was a little bit more than that but the reality is is that's what God did they walked around this city they walked around this city and they blew Trumpets and instruments and and praise to God and the walls fall down and they defeat an entire city that they were scared of by doing really nothing. They saw God do some amazing things. Now they continued on and they saw defeat. They saw death in their time. So I don't want to make it sound like if we follow after God, everything's going to be easy and good. Um, that's not the promise. But the promise is that God will do incredible things through us and that he walks with us in those things. And so I just want to encourage you, as you ask that question, what is something you think God might be calling you to? The reality is we have to ask the question, what am I willing to do about it? Am I willing to step into the thing that God has for us? Am I willing to step in and do the things that we really believe God is asking of us? That God is challenging us to. It's a daily surrender to Jesus. Daily saying these words God, what do you have for me today? And what am I willing to do about it? Really quickly, I just want to close with in this chapter, um, I want to talk about the next section of verses because they're actually a section of verses. That we often skip over if we're going to talk about uh, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, these first 10, 11 verses have some beautiful truths to them. Be strong and courageous. I mean, you'll see that on plaques in people's homes. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I mean, those those are promises of God. And I don't want to discredit them. They are beautiful promises of God. We often get to verse 12 and then just jump to the next chapter. But as I was reading through this next section, it just hit me. There's something that hit me in this section that I thought was so um, encouraging. Um, I'm not going to read through this section. I'd encourage you at some point to read through this section. You can also go back and read through Numbers chapter 32 if you want to to look back at that. But this section is about the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Um, Two and a half tribes of the tribes of Israel. And so when Joshua said, go in and take possession of the land, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh were part of the twelve tribes that were supposed to go in and take possession of this land that God had promised for them. And back in we read back actually back in Numbers 32 that as these people came in, Moses was still alive, but as they came in and settled where they were right now, before Moses had died, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh were were sheep herders and cattle. I don't know if you're a cattle herder or a cattle farmer or whatever you are when you have cattle, but they were those kind of people. And the land where they actually settled was good for their sheep and their cattle. And so they had gone to Moses before he died, and they had said to Moses, Moses, um, I know God is saying to go in and take possession of this land he has for us, but we actually like this land and we want to live here. And if you read back in Numbers 32, Moses actually gets a little bit mad because he says to the people, are you, well, this is my translation, are you crazy? He said, 40 years ago, when we, were, when we were told to go in and take possession of the land, and we said no, God had us walk in this wilderness for 40 years. And now, when we're at this place again, you don't want to go in and take possession of the land? And they was like, it's not quite like that. And so they said to Moses, we are willing to send our fighting men in. And we will fight with you. And we will fight with the people of God and until we have taken possession of that land that God has promised. And then when the land is allotted to all the people, then we're willing, we will come back to our tribes that are here and we want to live on this side. Um, and so this section, verses 12 through 18, is really... Joshua reminding the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh of their promise. And then it's the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh saying to Joshua, we are 100% behind this. Like, this is what we plan to do. And so we will do this thing that we have promised and and done. Now, what do I get out of that? (laughs) How does that apply to any of this? Um, It really opened my eyes that, that there are sometimes, as God calls us to things, there are sometimes that God asks us to be warriors for others that He has called into, into His purposes for them. There are sometimes that God asks us to do battle for others in what God has for them, to be a, a support. It was really interesting because in our Koinonia time, we actually talked about this uh, with Doc here. Um, we talked about this fact that sometimes. That God wants us to support those that God is calling into some maybe life-changing, incredible opportunities. I want to talk to those of you that are parents in here or grandparents. Um, my parents and my wife's parents were both missionaries, so we grew up as missionary kids. But I want to tell you, 21 years ago when we sat down with my parents and with my wife's parents and told them that God was calling us to go to Germany, it was actually hard for them. Um, they had been the sent ones, but now God was asking them to be the senders. And we had the only grandkids in the family, on both sides of the family. Um, now, our parents are 100% in our corner and behind us. But I want to tell you it was not easy and so God might be raising up some in here to make life-altering decisions for him and there's times that God asks us to release our kids or our grandkids to what God has for them are you willing to be that kind of a warrior for your kids um, I also think um, with the Christian Missionary Alliance, the way that we give to missions and the Great Commission Fund is a way that we support others in the work that God has called them to do. And so as you give to the Great Commission Fund or as you give to missionaries or ministries, as you give to ministries that are going on um, even within this church and opportunities, mission opportunities within this church or ministries within this church or or things that are happening in this area, the way that we financially aid others in the work that they're doing is a way that we're support in what God is doing. Uh, the illustration that came out in our koinonia time, and you didn't even know what I was speaking on this morning, but um, sometimes in battle, uh, there's someone that loads the bomb into the fighter, you know, into the bomber, um, and that person isn't necessarily on the front lines, but they're, they're a warrior with all that's going on, and and the way that we give is a way that we just honor God in helping others do the work that God has called them to do. And I have sensed it so much in this church, but prayer. Um, prayer is a way that we are can do battle, do battle. Yesterday in our koinonia time or in the time we had, that those of you that were here this morning, we just talked about the ways that prayer, um, someone talked about how prayer is so needed. And the way that you pray for your pastor, even this morning, the way that you prayed for your pastor is a way that you do battle for the way God has called him into this ministry and the way that you support other people and, and people that are God is calling into incredible things. Um, those are ways that we actually do battle uh, for others. And I want to be clear, sometimes god calls us to things ourselves and we need to be listening for what god has for us and then god calls us to be warriors for others and support others sometimes we use this as an excuse away from god calling us oh i've given money or i've done this one thing i'm good for the next month and a half and that's not what i'm saying here Um, i'm saying that there are times in our lives god calls us to something But there's also times in our lives that God says, support those that I've called into this ministry. And both of those things are needed. Both of those things are ways that we follow after what God has called us to do. Are you willing to be a Reubenite and a Gadite or a half-tribe of Manasseh? I know you've probably never been called one of that before. But um, are you willing to be a warrior for others? Are you willing to say, God, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me today? And what am I willing to do about it? 21 years ago, God called us to Germany, and I've shared a little bit with you, but as we were beginning this process of knowing that this year was going to be a home assignment year, um, we knew that God was saying our time in Germany is done, um, that our time at the school was done. We ended well. We loved the school. We had a good closure there. Um, and, and as we've come home for this year, We spend this year sharing what God is doing around the world, but we actually don't know what our next step is. And so as I preach this message, I preach it to myself, Um, going back to that sense of not knowing what God has for us. And it's a way that we ask that you pray for us as you pray for us. Um, Would you pray that we would have an understanding of what God has for us next? But even that is just my reminder that this idea of, God, what do you have for me today? Is a daily question we need to ask. It doesn't end by just... One time when you respond to God, you're not done. Um, Daily, we respond to God, what do you have for me today? And what am I willing to do about it? There's safety and complacency, but God calls us out of our comfort zone to live a life of complete abandonment to the cross, to the cross of Jesus Christ. If anyone wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself daily, take up his cross, and follow me. So those places sometimes are hard places, but are we willing to do what God has asked us to do? Would you pray with me? Father, as I started out, I'm an outsider here coming in, and I felt included in this church. I felt encouraged and prayed for in this church. But the reality is, is that um, I, I live in a different place, and I leave here. Um, but, but your church... Um, even building wise I know your church universal but your church here uh, continues on and it continues to be a light in this community and so my prayer uh, as they pray for me and as they pray for missions my prayer is actually for this church that it would continue to be a church that is willing to ask that question God what do you have for us in this community what do you have for us in this place and what as a church are we willing to do about it what as a church are we willing to do about the things that you're calling us to in this community that's my prayer uh, for this church and i pray that as they look at this community it would just then give them that what they already have as a heart for the world to continue to look beyond this church as well and to look to the world and pray that they would have hearts that pray and support. And, and our Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh to the world and to the missions of the world, um, would, they, would you give them that passion moving forward? It's in your name we pray. Amen.